Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So today, as we, as we continue our series, it is entitled Show Faith. Somebody say, Show Faith. I'm going to repeat some things from last week because how many of you know some things just bear repeating? We didn't memorize everything that was said last week. We're still getting it down. We're still learning God's word. We're still learning together as a team and as a family, as a people of God. So I'm going to repeat some things. Some verses will be similar or the same. And then we'll get into my last point. But I really need to finish what I started last week in talking to you about the word. You show your faith by reading the Word. It's one of the ways you show your faith. You say, man, why, why would reading the Word, why would, why would reading the Word be a way that I showed my faith? Well, remember, you showed faith in your relationship, ladies and gentlemen, right? Did y'all, back in the day, y'all wrote letters to each other? It wasn't just texts, remember? Now you're saving texts, right? Or you're screenshotting or whatever else you do. But back in the day, we wrote letters to each other. Before I married my wife, I... I'm not a diary kind of guy, but I started writing her letters in a book. I think I called it Love Letters to My Wife before I married her. So when we got married, I gave it to or was it when we got married? I don't remember if we got married or got engaged. I don't remember. I gave it to her. Letters. It's, it's written down. There's something about the power of something in writing. And can you imagine the God of the universe speaking through the men of old and getting a message to his people? They are his love letters to mankind. You may not always understand it. You may struggle with it. There may may be stuff in the Word and you say, man, that bothers me. Well, great. Look into it. Understand it. See why. Understand the historical context. Get into it. I remember when I was in fourth grade, I was in science, uh, math and science class. My teacher's name was Ms. O'Neill. I can still remember her face. I will never forget this situation. She passed out papers for an assignment. Do they still do that in schools? One day, y'all are going to be able to be back in school. It's going to be so fun. Praise God. But they they passed out papers, got our papers. And I remember I looked at the paper, and it was baffling to me. So you know what I did? I was always a communicator. I immediately walked up to the teacher's desk and said, Ms. O'Neill, I don't understand this. She goes, did you read the instructions? And I went, no, ma'am. And she goes, Matt? She said, the smartest man in the world would not know what he was supposed to do on this piece of paper if he didn't read the instructions. Go sit down and read the instructions. Many times in life, we don't have time to read God's instruction manual, but we love to turn around and blame God. And he's already lined it out. I know I'm probably not talking to you. I may not be talking to the other service either. But I'm talking to somebody today here or elsewhere or something, but folks don't read the Word and they, it doesn't work out how they want it and then they blame God. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are conditions to God's blessing. Salvation's free. It was free for you. All you had to do was believe. It wasn't free for Jesus. You get salvation, but then after that, all of God's blessings are conditional. Some may even say, well, salvation's conditional because you have to believe. Folks just want it all handed to them. I've noticed that. In America, we've been so blessed for so long that now everybody just does this. When can I get mine? When can I get mine? I don't want to have to work for it. I just want to wake up one morning and be bad. I remember years ago, a man of God said, he said, celebrity is the enemy of accountability and discipleship. 
I'm going to sleep till 2 p.m. and just be bad. When was it I brought up Allen Iverson recently? Poor guy. He's not here to defend himself. If he was, I'd tell him how I felt. But he was such a bad example. I remember he, was, he must have been in the 90s or whenever, into the 2000s. He was mad because his coach wanted him to go to practice. He was an NBA basketball player, if you've never heard of him. He thought that was so strange he had to go to practice. I thought, man, if you're paying me $20 million a year, I'd be happy to be at practice. Right? I wouldn't even have to start. I'll be the 10th man. Man, if I scored once a game, I'd think, man, for a doctor's salary, I'll sit on the bench. But folks don't see it that way. They think, I want it all now without paying a price. I'm not going to fit into the system. I'm not going to do it God's way, but then I want to blame God. And I'm going to tell you what, right now, you've got to get into the Word for yourself. I don't mean letter of the law so that you become religious like the Pharisees. Because that word religious... If you've read this Bible, that's not always necessarily a good word. You can be a person of faith. Religious means having religion. Religion is man-made. Catholic or Baptist or non-denominational, non-denominational like we are here at this church, or Presbyterian or Methodist, that doesn't get you to heaven. It doesn't. Your faith in Jesus gets you to heaven, all right? And you get to know God through His Word. You show your faith by actually reading His Word. The smartest man or woman in the world wouldn't know what to do if they didn't read the instructions, Ms. O'Neill said in fourth grade. So true. Let's go to Proverbs 4.18 real quick. Say, man, we read through this last week. Did you memorize it yet? No, we're going to read it again. Proverbs 4.18. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn. You ever been up to see that? It's nice. There's something about watching the sun come up or just the light that's coming off the sun, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. Verse 19, but the way of the wicked is like total darkness. Who is a wicked person? Someone who rejects God and does whatever they want. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. You remember my example last week? The lawnmower bag? I ain't getting back into that. Verse 20, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. I love this verse. Look at verse 23 with me now. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. People say, how can I guard my heart? The best way is to start getting into God's Word because you know what He requires. I'm going to get into this verse next week, but did you know that Hebrews 4.12 says the Word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it divides between soul and spirit. That means you're able to tell what your soul is, your mind, your will, and emotions, and what your spirit is and what God is saying to your spirit. That's very important. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. If you fill your heart with horror movies, then what? If you fill your heart with perverted stuff, then what? If you fill your heart with hateful things and bitterness, then what? This is a freebie, but moms and dads, and I'm going to speak to some adults too. I don't know what the age range is for TikTok. But let me just tell you right now, a lot of those platforms are very perverted. It's not, it's not innocent. I've been reading up on some of this stuff because I want to, 
even though I'm not on that stuff, I need to know what's happening out there. And TikTok has a lot of X-rated stuff on it, and it is not good. They've caught 10-year-old boys on there, and it's real easy to bypass the I'm 16 or I'm 18 years of age or older. So parents, be educated on what your kids are looking at and what they're doing. Say, oh, man, Pastor Matt's just against fun. No, no. If you knew me, I, I was born the prince of fun. My mom used to look at me and say, man, we've been having so much fun. I'm like, I know it should be illegal. <laughs> and there comes a time where you got to work. And then, man, I, I, I'd bring this, and Dad would be looking at us like we were crazy, but we'd be having fun while we worked. Uncle Richard, too. Dad and Uncle Richard's generation, they didn't understand that for a while. We had to show them. They were like, wait, you can have fun and work? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Richard and Dad, I remember they used to think we weren't working if we were having fun. I was like, we're still working, I promise. I'm just, I'm just laughing, and we're going to keep doing it. No, I'm not here to take away anybody's fun. In fact, I'm here to reinforce and give you hope for the future and fun in the future when your heart has been taken care of and your mind is not perverted. You don't have to struggle with stuff. There were things that I was exposed to as a kid that had I not been exposed to them, I wouldn't have had the battles that I had growing up. Are you with me? Now, that's not a condemnation message. Oh, man, I'm just beating you down. No, there's forgiveness in the blood of Jesus. There is forgiveness for everyone. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are more than a conqueror. You are his chosen. You are his beloved. Scripture says you're the apple of his eye. But when you get saved, your mind doesn't get saved. And the first step to renewing your mind is accepting Jesus and then getting into his word. And that's why we're talking about the word. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I don't sit alone in secret places and look at junk. My eyes have been exposed to things they shouldn't have been exposed to at a young age, and it affected me. And if that happened to you, man, put it under the blood of Jesus. Repent and move on. Be accountable with someone. But you've got to get into the word and see what God thinks. See what God believes. And it's crazy. Folks get access to something, it ain't even good for them, and then they're freaking out when you try to take it away from them. It's like a drug. TikTok or whatever else. And I don't care what happens to that platform. We'd all be just fine if it went away. But I'm going to tell you right now, and that's between people and God. And I know not everybody uses these platforms for evil. I'm very cognizant of that fact. But here's my point today. Make sure, parents, as you're guarding your heart, that you look at your kids and make sure you're helping to guard their heart. You say, well, I don't want to control them. They live in your stinking house. <laughs> we never got into that with my parents. I feel controlled. Oh, well. <laughs> Grow up, learn everything, move out, do it on your own. Go have your own control. While you Remember, remember the saying, while you still know everything, right? I got out of the house, I was like, Hey, Dad, what do you think of this? <laughs> Mom, what do you think of this, this step I'm making? I mean, you got to go back to who knows, right? But all along, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Read the Word. You say, man, I have a hard time reading it. Hear the Word. Hear it. Hear it. Hear it. Do it as often as possible. Daily is the ideal best. So read the Word, okay? Read the Word. Fill up on the Word. Now, number two, number two is... Study the Word. Study the Word. Let's go to Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8. 
Study this book of instruction. Isn't that a great translation? Book of instruction. How many of you have ever tried to put stuff together without the instructions? Me. Some personalities, we're the worst at it. I thank God for my wife because she goes, let's look at the instructions. I'm like, I set the instructions down and I slide them to her. I'm like, look at the instructions for me. You just tell me what to do. I don't, wanna, I don't even want to mess with those. I remember me and my cousin, summer of 92, I believe it was. We, I had some money. He said, your basketball goal is terrible. Let's, let's get you a new basketball goal. I said, that's a great idea. He was always good at helping me spend his money and my money. We, we were just, he, he's like, you need to buy this. I'm like, I think you're right, man. That's a great idea, right? We were kids just blowing money. Well, we went and got a Michael Jordan air attack goal. And me and my cousin put it together. And I'll never forget, I was leaning on him. He must have been leaning on me. I don't know where the instructions were. When we were done, he had a bag of bolts. <laughs> I remember I didn't know much, but I looked at him. I kind of squinted, and he just looked at me, and we just kind of shrugged. And I was like, those must be extras. He's all, yeah, these, I think these are extras. <laughs> had to get that thing welded not long after that because it was like, I was like, I don't, remember be, being, I don't remember it being this easy to dunk, you know. <laughs> I don't think I can dunk a 10-foot, but that, I'm dunking this one. No, it was, it was dropping and dropping and doing all kinds of stuff. Read the instructions, right? The, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure what? To obey everything written in it. Wow. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. What a powerful verse. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2.15 in the King James Version. Study to, that word is show, written in Shakespearean language from 1611. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman or workwoman. That just sounds weird. A workman, a work person, <laughs> a child of God that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When you study to show yourself approved, you don't need to be ashamed because you understand God's word. That's what rightly dividing the word of truth means. You use it at the right time, at the right place. You're just not out swinging your two-edged sword, right? You learn how to sheathe that sword. You know how to pull, learn how to pull it out and take care of business. Now, I want to talk to you again about studying. Here's how I study, okay? I realize not everybody studies the same way um, in those of you that went to school here when it was junior high, it's not junior high anymore, it's middle school, we did something called SQ3R. Does anybody remember that? I just took you back, Adrian. That was a long time ago. SQ3R. Scan, question, read, wait, review, read, and reread. I think. Do you think that's right, Elena? Maybe. She's like, I don't know. I'm not your age, but yes, she is. <laughs> I'm telling on all y'all today. She looks younger than me, but don't let her looks fool you. SQ3R. So you scan, question it. You ask questions about the text. Then review and read and reread. I think I messed that up, didn't I? But it works, doesn't it? It works. My wife's laughing at me. She says I'm funniest when I'm trying not to be. <laughs> I'm having a real serious moment right now, and she's laughing. Here's how I study. Forget all that. I'm just kidding. Think about it. As you read, don't just read it. Think about it. Think about what you're reading. I don't want to just check, off, check a box. Do you? 
I'm in through the one-year Bible. And people are speed readers and aren't really speed readers. Have you ever seen people do that? You ask them about it, and they're like, no. I'm, I'm like, you've been reading your Bible for years. You don't remember that? Like, no, I don't remember. What? Come on, man. Let, let's, let's get into it. Let's think about what we're reading. Let's reread verses that weren't clear or things that stand out. Do you know how many times I read and reread in the text in Job today in the New Year? Uh, the New Year. The one-year Bible. I was like, wow, that's powerful. And I'd go back and reread it. And I'd go back. And if I didn't get it, I'd reread it. So think about it. Reread as you need to. Look, here's what I do. Look up words, historical references, places that I want to know more about. And here's a real helpful way to study, especially for communicators. Talk about it with someone else. Ask, ask them questions. You can research online with Google. You can research with study guides and concordances and your Bible and the footnotes and all that, and that's powerful. But talk to people about it. I've always loved discussing the Word with Dad. When Mom was alive, we did the same thing. But we, we always end up going back and discussing the Word again. Say, you know what this means? I'll bring up something to Dad. It's crazy. Even throughout the week now, here we are, years later, and I'm pastoring with Dad, even as the lead pastor of the English service under dad's wisdom and covering and mantle, I'll get with him. I'll go, look at this verse. Look at this verse in this translation. He'll go, wow, what, what translation is that? We compare notes. I find, I find new cool translations and I'll send them to dad or bring them to his house and we talk about the word. That is a great way to remember something. Did you know that? By discussing it. You're working it out, aren't you? You say, I don't get that verse. Well, this verse says this. Over the years, Barry and I have done that. Over the years, me and my wife have done that. We look at verses and we go, wait, what does that mean? Over the years, me and Noe have done that. Say, wow, this is powerful. What could that mean in the light of historical context there? Talk about it. Ask questions. Study. Say, man, I don't know how to study. Well, start by reading and or hearing. Reread. Talk about it. Ask questions. Look up stuff, all right? So you got read, you got study. Oh, this is powerful. This is our big three now. Number three. Number three, learn to apply it. When you read the word, pray and ask God by his Holy Spirit to teach you. That's going to help you in your study, but that's also going to help you to apply it. You learn to obey and live it. Let's go to John 14, 15. What does this verse say? If you love me, Jesus said, obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. What are Jesus' commandments? Does anybody remember? It's real simple. Love God, love others. Why is it so simple? Because he said all of the law and the prophets hang and are based upon those two commandments. Love God, love others. If I love God and love others, I'm not going to commit adultery. If I love God and I love others, I'm not going to steal from you. If I love God and love others, I'm not going to deceive you or lie to you. Isn't that crazy? It seems almost too simple. It's so simple that people trip over it and miss it. It's simple, but it's not always easy, is it? <laughs> See, man, I'm going to just love God and love others uh -huh, until someone makes you mad. You want to sock them in the stomach. I know. I know. I'm telling you, one Sunday we left here and I was, I, was talking about, uh, I was talking about love and show faith and something. I think it was over the show faith, was it? I think so. It had to be. Yeah, I think so. And I walked out of here and Jen and I were driving home. And I told some of you the story, but this bears repeating. 
I'm at a light, and you know how it is. People think everybody's on their phone. If they're not on their phone, they think everybody else is, right? We all have that tendency. And those that don't care, they're on their phone. They're like that at the stoplights. Oh, my gosh, you like that? Oh, my gosh. No, they didn't, you know. At the stoplight. I've seen it. Say, people don't do that. Oh, no, they drive through town scrolling through instant uh, social media and Instagram. I know it's Instagram, but you see my point. So we're at a light, and I'm behind someone, and it happens. And I know it happens because I get distracted, and I don't care, and I drive through town slowly and sometimes. But someone drove off, and I looked up, and I didn't think it had been that much time. I was actually checking the air conditioner to see if it was blowing cold in the back. I was reaching back there. Well, the guy behind me immediately was like on his horn. And I looked up, and I thought, oh, golly. And Shen's all, come on, baby, let's go. Okay, so we started rolling. And then there was no way to pass me. And like I just mentioned, I drive slowly a lot of the time. Well, the guy thought I was messing with him after he honked at me. Perfect storm happening here. And I'm in a lane where he can't pass me, and I'm driving like the granddad that I drive like I am a lot of the time. I was like, not a care in the world. Jen says, and you're looking around. I'm like, I know, and I'm looking at people. I wave. I'm driving. I'm, I'm looking. I'm like, golly, did you see? And Jen's like, no, I didn't see that. I'm like, man, that's crazy. And I'm, I take notes because I'm not on my phone. But, you know, I need to not be distracted either. So I'm looking and kind of, you know, kind of angling a little bit. I say, okay, I got to be careful. I'm so I'm driving off slow, and this dude is on my bumper. And I, I'm like, what is his problem? I look back, and he's, he, he was basically telling me I was number one. But in a really strange way, I thought, oh. But that wasn't my reaction. I'd just gotten out of church and preached, and I thought, I was like, I know where road rage comes from. I could punch him out. So I guess the look on my face was something, and Jen goes, baby, just, let's just relax or something. I don't know what she said. I am relaxed, right? I am calm. No, we're driving. I didn't raise my voice or anything, but you know, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm real calm. And then, so the guy starts to pass me, and I thought, okay, all right, let's see how bad you are. You know, I was just ready to have a showdown. And Jen's like, don't look at him. Let's just, let's just drive. And he's all mad, passing me, and I was memorizing his license plate. <laughs> so here's my point. Many times you want to show your faith, there will be plenty of opportunities to show your faith. And in some of the areas, you may get a C-. minus. Some of you get an F plus. You know how it is. Now, I remember a dude told me one time, he's like that. He said, F plus. Can you imagine? A teacher actually put that on paper. And a friend of mine back in the day told me, he goes, F plus. He goes, there's a difference. He's like, that's a high F. That's a 59. I'm all, that's, that's good, right? 59% of the vote, you won. But it doesn't work that way on these tests. So... You guys know how it is. Some of us, because we have refused to get in God's word and even half try to apply it with his help, we're still in first grade spiritually. We're doing the ABCs and we forgot how many letters are in the alphabet and everything else. People are saying crazy stuff like, I've read my Bible before. Well, good for you. Let's pull that Bible out, blow the dust off, start a dust storm, and get to reading, right? It's still there. We got it. We got to apply it. And this is powerful. Look at this. Look at this. I need to share this verse. I think this verse is going to come up next week too. Go to Joel chapter 2 verse 13. 
This verse shakes me. Look at, look, at what, look at what the man of God, speaking under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said here. He said, don't tear your clothing in your grief. Tear your hearts instead. You know, what, you know the, the Jews were real famous for ripping their garments in their grief and pulling their hair out. You'd think I was grieving, right? Pulled all my hair out or something. But they did that. They would pull their, tear their garments in grief and throw dust in the air. That's impressive. That's great. That's grieving. But God here is saying, why don't you, that's great on the outside. Why don't you go on the inside of you and do something? That's great. A lot of people are like, I'm sorry. Until I get caught again, right? My mom used to say that. I'd say, Mom, I'm sorry. She's all, you're sorry. You're sorry you got caught. Mm, maybe, right? Maybe. But the prophet Joel here says, Don't tear your clothing in your grief. Tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for He is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Wow. But then everybody goes, not everybody, not you, but there are people that say, Man, why did God do this? What? Get into His Word and understand what's going on. Get into His Word and understand if maybe you had an open door or you were in some form of disobedience. Or get into His Word and understand that sometimes life just happens. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. Watch this, though. When you read and study, think of two things to help you apply God's Word. Number one, what is God saying to me? What's God saying to me? Me. What's he saying to me? And I know when we're reading, you know how it is. Mm-hmm. I, I know who that's for. I must say the governor came up a few times in Scripture this week, I'll say. <laughs> if, I, if I was a tweeter, I would have tweeted it out. But I'm not a tweeter. So I told my wife. I'm going to look at that verse. Mm-hmm, that's, but what about us? When you read, what is God saying to me? What stands out to me? That's number one. And then number two, it's this simple. How can I apply this? How can I put it to work in my life? How can I put it into practice? What can I allow God to change in my life or help me change? What's the title of our next series, Valeria? Is it Change Begins in the Mind? Change begins in the mind. Oh, it does. Say, why did he do that? Why did she end up doing that? Why? Why? And you know, you've talked to your kids or you've seen other people and you're all, why would you do that? It started in their mind. They never got into the first major step of renewal after accepting Jesus. And that is, they never got into the word and began to exchange their thoughts for God's thoughts. I'm going to tell you right now, you live to be 100 years of age. That's a long time in our minds. But that, that doesn't compare to eternity. I am looking for the afterlife right now. Someday we're going to all be in heaven together. But right now we've got to do it right according to God's will. We've got to read. We've got to study. We've got to apply His Word. This is our chance to do it. We only get one life. Scripture doesn't teach reincarnation. People say they came back as a cockroach. That would be unfortunate. Then you may show up outside my house. I'm like, I didn't even know who that was, you know? 
Scripture says that it is appointed unto men once to die. Men meaning mankind, men and women, once to die and after this the judgment. Say, man, that's a harsh word. I'm just, I'm just quoting what the word says. God loves you. He has purpose, plan, and design for your life. But you've got to get into the instruction manual. What is God saying to me? What stands out? How can I put this into practice? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today, if you would, please. I believe God is speaking to you today through his word. I feel God laying something on my heart. And just stay there in an attitude of reverence just for a moment. I believe someone is joining us today online, a dear friend of mine whom I love very much. And bro, I believe God has a word for you. No matter what you feel or what you see or what you've heard, God is not done with you, man of God. You know exactly who I'm talking to. You are dear to me, and if you're dear to me, I know you are amazingly dear to the heart of God. You hang in there. You keep seeking God. God is with you. He's not forgotten you, and he's healing you. We've talked about this, and he is healing you. You are going to be the man that you never were. You're going to be the man that you were always called to be. And you've been a man of God for years, but you are going to be the best of yourself. You're going to be the best version of yourself from here on out. You're going to see it. God's hand is on you and your wife, and I plead the blood of Jesus over you today. He's healing your heart, he's healing your body, and he's not done with you. Philippians chapter 1, I believe it's verse 6, says God will finish the work he's started in you. He will bring it to completion. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That word is for everyone in this crowd, too. God is not finished with you. He will bring the work that he began in you to completion. He's not done Scripture says, God asked this question, is my arm so short that it cannot save, that I cannot deliver? Am I not God that I can't handle this situation you're in, basically? Oh, he can handle it. He bench-pressed the sin of the entire universe. Can you imagine that? God, Jesus on the cross, took on past, present, and future sins at that point, And he put it in a death grip and crushed it and took it to the grave with him, and he rose again. That same God who loved you then, way before you were born, he loves you now. And he's never changed his mind about you. You say, man, I'm having a hard time in this area. I'm having a hard time getting connected in that area. I'm having a hard time trying to find where I belong. No, you know what? God's hand is on you, and he is mighty to save. Scripture says he opens his hand and satisfies the desire of all living things. It's all found within God. Just seek Him. If there's anybody in this house that says, Pastor Matt, I just want to make sure I'm right with God. I just want to make sure I'm right with God. I want you to raise your hand today, and I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you. You can do this on your own anytime, but while we're here at church, we're going to do this together. You say, man, I just want to make sure I'm right with God always. Let's pray together. I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Lord God, I know that I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. And I believe that Jesus died and rose again for me. But I need your help right now. I've struggled in this certain area. 
and I need you to forgive me, please. Cleanse me. Help me. Stand me back up on my feet. Help me to continue walking in the right direction. I know you're with me, Lord, and I believe. Thank you. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to look at me real quick, and I'm going to finish with this before we take up our offering. I know we're all called to something deeper in God. It doesn't take a prophet to tell you that. You say, oh man, Pastor Fabian's arrived. He doesn't have to do anything else. He doesn't have to read his Bible anymore. No. At 72, he will tell you right now he's still learning and studying the Word. And he's been in the Word longer than I've been alive. So I'm going to tell you right now, each of us have a different level in God. Are you with me? God knows where you are in Him, but He expects certain things of you. And one of the things He simply expects from you is this. I know it's not always easy, but He expects this, that you seek Him. Say, seek God. What does that mean? Look for Him in His Word. There's where you begin. We'll talk some more next week about seeking God, but look for God in His Word. That's, that's where renewing the mind begins. You say, man, I've had a problem with my mind, the things I think, different stuff. Hey, we've all been through some stuff. That's okay but he's calling you to get closer to him through his word. So let's all pray together again. Go ahead and stand to your feet, and let's pray together. I'm going to pray something special over you today that God give you an amazing hunger for his word, okay? Let's pray. Father, I thank you today once again for the speaking, the reading, the discussion of your word, Lord. I thank you that it has fallen on good ground. The humble hearts in this house have received your word gladly. Now, Lord, I pray that you make your word real to them, Your word is so much more, so much more than church on Sunday. That's important. It is. We gather together and worship. The Apostle Paul even talks about it in the book of Hebrews. And all throughout Scripture, Lord, we know Jesus went to church, as was his custom. We're not better than Jesus, so we're going to come to church and gather and listen and worship. But in our private time, God, I pray that you give us a hunger for your word like never before. Give us opportunities to learn and study and draw close to you, Lord. And help us to make time because we all have the same amount of time in the day. Some people may get more done than others. They may move faster, but we've all been given the same amount of time. So time, God, we realize is just an excuse wearing the disguise of a reason. We will never use time as our excuse for not seeking you because one day we will have all of eternity's time to be with you. But we will commit to seek you now while we're on this planet because we need you. We need your blessing. We love you. We want to be close to you, God, and we need everything you have to offer. So today we commit as a church family, God, to get into your word somehow, some way, every day. A podcast, The Word. Showing up at church, hearing the word, getting into a devotional that's full of the word. I don't just mean a devotional that's just, just a bunch of a, a, a man, man's words and wisdom, Lord. I mean devotionals that are very word-based, word-based, te- word-based teaching. Lord God, we'd ha- we have time and we commit to make time for your word. We honor you and we thank you for the power, transformation, comfort, peace, and protection your word brings the wisdom it brings god we thank you for it in jesus name everybody in this house said amen Amen. let's give the lord a clap offering today praise god